Welcome to the Become Revolutionary Show, where we pull back the curtain and talk to successful entrepreneurs and industry leaders about their journey to success, the process of entrepreneurship, and the adversity they've encountered along the way. With your hosts, Charlene and Noel, and their amazing guests from all over the globe, you will feel right at home and part of the entrepreneurial tribe while hearing about the ups, downs, curves, and missteps in these stories and how it all ultimately contributes to success in business and life. Join us now as entrepreneurs support other entrepreneurs. Stronger together, further, faster. Become Revolutionary Show, where we talk to you about how to get over those hurdles to become revolutionary in life and business. We're your hosts, Noelle and Charlene, and today we'll be talking to the Desiree King. Welcome, my friend. Welcome, welcome. Desiree King, let me tell you who she is. I love this woman so much. She's one of the reasons, she's actually somebody who really inspired me to shift my business online. Her stories um, are incredibly impactful. I'm really looking forward to this conversation today. Um, I think you'll find, I trust and know that you'll find it encouraging and inspiring and applicable to some area of your life right now. So let me introduce Desiree to you. She's an award-winning international speaker author, youth advocate, certified life and business coach. She's helped coaches and speakers, faith-based entrepreneurs alike, uh, generate their first six figures in business online by helping them turn their knowledge, skill set, and experience into courses, talks, programs, all that fun stuff that impacts their clients and audiences worldwide uh, to take action and walk in their God-given calling. Hallelujah. Desiree's real talk approach infused with grandma quotes. Oh my gosh, you guys, I can't wait for you to be introduced to grandma has, uh, everyone, everyone loves and are willing to help others. Her grandma was just such a, a gift. You guys, it's landed her on a lot of guest appearances on multiple nationally syndicated television and radio shows, and also a feature in the latest faith-based magazine in the country, which is awesome. So congratulations on that. And welcome Desiree. Hey, hey, hey. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Your energy is off the chart. to be here. <laughs> it's so awesome to have you. Um, yeah, I would just love, I think people just need to get introduced to like, um, let's just take it back to whichever story makes the most sense for you where, um, where you really had to overcome something in your life. I know you have a number of stories to choose from, um, but whichever one you feel would be the most impactful for our audience. There's a lot of entrepreneurs here at different seasons in their business, all facing that adversity in life and business. And we've all had to overcome something. And a lot of people are stuck in this identity, you know, like where am I in this stage? So let's take it back. You know, where have you really overcome some adversity in your life that you had to overcome? And how did you go about doing it? Walk us into that process, please. Yes. So that is, whoo, that question right there. Ah, you know, I'm going to tell a story that um, this is going to be an exclusive. <laughs> this is <laughs> really going to be exclusive. So 
Pum, 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 right? <laughs> <laughs> an exclusive story that I don't tell. And um, I don't know why, but um, I know that this year literally marks the 10-year the anniversary. So I was literally nine points away from life in prison, right? Wow. Um, yeah, I was caught with over six and a half kilos of cocaine. And I'll never forget sitting in that jail cell. I had just had my daughter and I had two other kids. So I had three small children at the time. And I just remember looking up and saying, Desiree, what did you just do? Hmm. Right. What did you just do? So a need, a want of, in my eyes, trying to put, you know, food on the table and um, provide for my family. Now, I'm not saying that it's right, because in order for you to understand what made me sell the drugs, you would have to understand that, you know, at my, my father was murdered. My mother was addicted to drugs. So by five years old, I was motherless and fatherless. So I was raised by the streets, right? So these were the only way we had to survive, right? So a lot of times when you see these, these kind of gangster movies or these mob movies, this was literally my real life. This was my everyday life, right? And so when the age of five, my mother abandoned me, I, my brother and I, I was raised by my great aunt, which I called my grandmother. Now, one other thing that people don't know is that she was kicked out of school in the fourth grade. So at 10 years old, she was literally kicked out of school and never went back. So the woman that raised me literally had a fourth grade education. Wow. And she was one of the smartest women I ever knew, ever met, still to this day, mm -hmm. until she passed in my life. Right? So as, you, as I sit there and I'm in this jail cell and I just want to kind of paint this picture, I'm laying on a a mat. I mean, the mat is literally this thick. Okay. So those little TV shows, those, those things you, you see and all that stuff is fake. Okay. This is a real thing. I mean, it's almost the size of a, of a maxi pad. Right. Wow. And so I'm laying here, I'm locked down 23 hours. Like I'm some type of mass murderer, right. Because of the amount of drugs that I had. Wow. And I'll never forget in that moment that God told me, he said, I'm not trying to take something from you. I'm trying to get something to you. Mm. Now I'm not like this saved person. And I'm like, what you, you're trying to get something to me. Oh no, you could keep that. You know, <laughs> these people, <laughs> people want to give me not, I'm not points to spending the rest of my life here. I don't want whatever you're trying to give me. Yeah. But little did I know that in that moment that God was literally giving me permission to be me, to let go of my past, right. To let go of the stigma that society placed on me that I would never grow up to be anything. My father was a, a gangster. My mother was this. My family was that. So therefore, I could never be anything. And I was living up to that. And I'll never forget, they let me out on pretrial. And in that pretrial, I pulled up to the Wendy's line. I have my three children in the back seat. My daughter, she's in a car seat that you have to kind of hold on your arm. You remember the old school yes. car seat? She's about four or five months, maybe. My son is in the booster seat that you have to put over his head because he's only about two years old. My oldest son, he's in a booster seat, but the, the one that you can strap in. So I have three children all in booster seats. 
And as we pull up to this Wendy's drive-through and I go to give the attendant my money, my five-year-old asked a question that left a lump in my throat. He said, mommy, did you go to jail? And I was like, I was like speechless. Like I'm fighting back tears. I can't believe what I, what I've, what have, what have I done is all I keep asking myself. What did you do? What did you do? What did you do? And as I'm trying, my eyes are filled with tears and I'm trying not to let it drop. And I hand my money to the attendant. And as I go to the second line to pick up the food, I'm explaining that, listen, son, mommy made a mistake. And there are times in our life where we make mistakes and we have to face the consequences for those mistakes. And I said, yes, I did go to jail. So then as I go to pick up my food from the attendant, the second question he asked, I think it burned more than the first. And he said, promise me that you'll never leave us again. And I'm like, oh my God. And then that's when the tears just rolled down. But it was in that moment that I told God, and again, I wasn't some religious person, but I said, as long as there is air in my lungs, I don't ever want anybody else's family to go through the pain that my family is going through, go through the pain that my children are going through. As long as there is air in my lungs, I'm going to speak. I'm going to inspire. I don't care if you put a billionaire in front of me, if you put a bum in front of me. And in that moment, little did I know that I was birthing in that Wendy's drive-through line with those tears, with that pain, with that shame, I was birthing an award-winning international speaker. That's amazing. So if I can take you back to when God spoke to you in that cell and said, I'm giving something, I'm doing something for you, or I'm giving something to you, did you believe it? I did not. I did not. I was laughing. I was like, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. You could keep it for 500, Alex. I think I'm a pass. You know? <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want it. Take it back. <laughs> so when did you start to see that that was something happening for you? That was a pivotal moment. When, at what point in your life did you start to see like, yeah, that was a lesson to get me out of the lifestyle? Yeah. It about 10 years later, (laughs) (laughs) to be honest, because what I did and what I want many of your viewers to understand and how does this story relate to them? They're like, listen, Desiree, I've I've never been to jail. You know, I I don't know any of this, that the moral or the universal language is overcoming a mistake that you made. Right. It'd be different if somebody else did it. You, 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 y'all with me. Right. OK. So it's like, no, that's your fault. You're going to own this. No. But what happens when it's you, when you take the wrong client? Right. Or when you committed to the contract and you know that you underpaid yourself. Right. Or when you, you know, married the person that God told you not to marry and gave you all of the signs and all of the things and you still went along with it. So how do you overcome when you have made the mistake? Mm. Mm. And so what I did in that moment was I put others before I put myself. 
And I said, if the only reason there's air in my lungs is to make sure that somebody else's family doesn't feel this pain, then baby, guess what? I'm okay with that. Now, there's two things I want people to understand. It's one thing to make the promise, but it's a whole nother thing to keep. Mm. <laughs> right? It's one exactly. thing to make the promise, but it's another thing to keep it. I remember I wrote down 200 facilities. I wanted to speak. Now, I wasn't trying to charge. This was my first, first speaking engagement. 199 places told me no. Right. The 200th, I need somebody to catch that. Not the, the, yeah. the 89th yeah. call, not the first call, not the 199th call. It was the 200th call that gave me a yes. And it was a homeless shelter. I will never forget it as long as I live mm. called Shade Tree in Las Vegas, Nevada. As a matter of fact, when the lady told me, yes, y'all, it, it shocked me so much that I almost hung up the phone on her. I said, well, hi, you know, I'm looking to speak. My name is Desiree King and I'm a, I'm a speaker. And I wanted to just come and see if I can inspire some of the ladies. The wackest pitch ever. Okay. <laughs> Wack is trying to get a speaking engagement pitch you ever want to hear. <laughs> and so she was like, yeah, sure, you could come. I was like, well, thank you so much for your time. And I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> wait, I can come? I was like, okay, sure. Well, when can I come? She said, well, when can you come? I said, well, I don't know. You tell me. She said, no, it's your schedule. You tell us. And I'm like, oh. Wow. <laughs> and in that wow. moment, I wasn't even prepared for yes, you guys, right? So how many of us want something so bad and we're not even prepared for the actual yes? Oh, so that's how, a good one. What yeah. kept you persistent? Like, would you have gone for 201, 202? Like, what kept you persistent? And how did you feel during that time? Like, you're like, I want this so bad. I want to help other people so bad that I'm just going to, I'm going to keep after it. Or, or was there like a mind game thing going yeah. on in that time? Like, how yeah. did... That's a great that? question, uh, yeah. Noel. You're asking some beautiful questions. And I love that this is my first time ever talking about this story. Hmm. It was the gift of not having time. Hmm. So let me say that again. It was the gift of not having time. Hmm. Because in three months, I knew that I would go, I would stand before this judge. So I didn't have time oh. to let fear yeah. Kill me or hinder me. I didn't have time to let a hater or a procrastination or what I felt about myself. I didn't have time to pity myself. I didn't have time to have sorrow on myself. Guess what? I just didn't have that gift of time. And so a lot of times we don't appreciate health until we're in the hospital. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. A lot of times we don't appreciate that husband or that wife until we're signing divorce papers. So for me, it gave me such a different appreciation for time and being focused and not taking no for an answer and having the type of mindset of it's not if it's going to happen, it's when it's going to happen. Yeah. Wow. Right. And so that's what I would say is that gift. If you knew, and I asked this to my audience one time, and they didn't know that I was literally, you know, fighting a, a, a case. Yeah. I said, if you knew that today was your last day or this week was your last week, 
would you do the things that you're going to do today? That's question number one. Yeah. Question number two, would you be around the people that you're hanging around today? That's question number two. Then question number three, would you be in the relationship that you're in right now? Because most of us, we stay in relationships that we, the season has long passed. We're either in jobs or as an entrepreneur, we won't advance our business. And the season of the way we're running this business has passed. And three, we won't let go of people that really just don't mean us no good. That's a grandma quote, okay? That I know that is not proper English, okay? Grandma say, listen, grandbaby, that, they don't mean you no good. You got to put the finger with it, you know? Don't mean you no good. So those are some questions that I had to ask myself and I asked my audience. So is that a question that you still ask yourself? Like that, that feels like something that's like a constant assessment. <laughs> it is, and that is so beautiful. And it actually is. And it's a hurtful assessment, Noel. Because what happens when that answer is no? I was married almost 15 years. And I looked up and the answer was, was no. No, I would not be with this person. No, I would not go to this place. And when I asked myself, it was almost a gift and a curse. Because once I asked myself, now I'm responsible because I know the answer. Yeah. Now, what do you do? Do you keep going down this, this, this road that you know has a dead end, but it's comfortable? Is this, I'm comfortable with this dead end role. I, I, I know this. I'm familiar with this dead end role. So you want me to take a whole different role, a path to success that I don't know the people on this road. I don't know where this road ends. I'm not comfortable. This road is out of my comfort zone. And this is what a lot of us do day after day. So it is a self-assessment. But let me just put that disclaimer, baby. It can sometimes be a painful self-assessment or business assessment. Because what do you do when you know that this business partner is not the best one for you? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm. Beautiful question. I love what you're sharing right now because it is so pertinent. There are so many seasons. We've been talking on this series a lot about the ebb and flow. There's lots of times you're going to have the opportunity to reflect. Did you, did your compass get a little out of whack? Are you really aligned in the direction that you're meant to go? And, um, and what's coming up for me now, Desiree, so you have the awareness. Now you're forced with the decision. What am I choosing to do with this? We know which path you took, surprise. <laughs> but <laughs> but right. share with us, because once you say yes, what we've learned is that there's a key, there's a guide, there's a door that you pick up. What did you pick up in order to propel you down this path? You know what? Um, I just love these questions. <laughs> <laughs> First off, what I learned that the women at the shade tree, before I spoke with any billionaires or seven, eight, nine figure earners, with those women in that homeless shelter taught me. Because when I first, what I didn't tell you guys was when I first went there, I was so nervous. I remember turning a door and saying, what if nobody shows up? Please don't let nobody show up. Please don't <laughs> let nobody show up. I beg nobody to show up. 
<laughs> so when I finally get the knob, I turn it, I walk in, there's one lady. Right. So my first picket engagement had one person. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Right. And so that one lady comes and then she's there. So I'm not nervous. I'm like, Ooh, thank God. It's, it's just her. You know, I, I got this in the bag. Right. <laughs> so I'm pouring out to her as if she's a hundred people. Do you know the next day I said, well, at least my one lady is show. So I got my little bag and I'm, I'm walking up the walkway <laughs> and I, turn the knob, the place is full of capacity. The place is full so much so to the young lady that works there has to come in. And she says, listen, you guys, you can't stand. Like it's standing room only. Wow. You can't stand. This is a fire hazard. We can't do this. Yeah. And I'll break into tears. I'm like, why are you guys here? <laughs> <laughs> listen, I don't know if this is the best story or not, but listen, I'm buzzing into tears. I'm like, why are all you here? Why? I, I didn't, I couldn't understand it. And my one little lady had went and lit that place on fire and said, you have got to hear this girl. You have got to hear this woman. Huh. And you know what that lady told me that I would never forget as long as I live. Huh. She said, you didn't look down on me because I was homeless. You treated me like a person. You treated me like a human. You made me feel like I matter. You made me feel like I have a purpose. You made me feel like this situation is not permanent, but it's just temporary. Mm. And I wanted every woman in this place to feel and know the exact same thing. Oh, you're going to make me cry. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. You know, I'm just thinking about that one woman. That is such a powerful story. And I'm thinking about that woman. And I kind of see God right in the center of that of like, so Desiree, are you going to do this? Are you going to walk, turn around and walk out that door? Right? Because that is a great excuse right. to not deliver. Right? right? It's like, well, nobody wanted to hear me anyway. So I'm just going to why is it well I'll, I'll apologize to this one individual right and i'll never have to see them again right right and i was thinking like that's probably where my mindset would go at that time at that first speaking engagement but guys if you push through yes look what can be on the other side even the next day yes. <laughs> the next day and the importance of showing up for the one yes. that one was ringing to me like a bell when you said that i was like yeah so you showed up for the one, you picked up your bag and you're ready to light her up. You're yes. going to send her out shining. And it turned out you needed to turn on a lot more lights that day. Yes. And that's and so, amazing. Noel, and to finish to answer the question, because you said, what made me keep going? Mm. Yeah. Because in that moment, I found something out about humans. Mm. Right. And I'll never forget years later, I would hear Oprah Winfrey say the same thing. She said, she's, of course, done this talk show for 25 years. She had this exclusive uh, mastermind. And she said, A-list celebrities, B-list celebrities. She said, do you know what the number one question that each and every one of them almost simultaneously asked every time the camera stopped filming? So I'm going to ask you, ladies, what do you think the number one question that Oprah Winfrey was asked by multiple millionaires, multiple A-listers. I mean, people that, my goodness, have accomplishments that we can only dream of. 
What do you think that one question Oprah was asked almost 100% of the time? Was that good enough? Was I good enough? That's good. That, that's a good one. That's good. Let me find out you got a little anointing on you. <laughs> Is that what it was? No, it was close though. It was, oh, it was almost. Yeah. It was almost. What you got, Noelle? I was going to say something like, like asking Oprah, like why she's so happy or how she's so, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it was close. Um, it was, how did I do? How did I do? How did I do? Yeah. How did I do? Yeah. yeah. And Oprah says, you're Beyonce. Like, what do you mean? How do you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dion, you're the number yeah. one singer, selling singer of all time. What do you mean? How yeah. did you do? Yeah. 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 What Oprah told me in that one moment that everyone from Tom Cruise, I mean, you named the biggest yeah. name, wanted was validation. Yeah. So, those women in that shelter that day, they taught me, I just want to be validated. I just want to know that I matter. And guess what? When I go on the stages with the billionaires, the eight figure earners, they want to know the same thing. That's right. Do I matter? Am I making a difference? Are people listening? Am I really helping? So that's what keeps me going just to be able to continue to put that out there that you matter, your purpose matter. God does not make any mistakes, okay? And there was no mistake made when he made you, honey. Mm. I love that. Something's coming up for me with that too. A lot of these industry leaders right now, a lot of us have been encouraged to use use events as uh, marketing avenue to connect with more clients. So what Noelle and I learned, uh, it just kind of came up for me and what you shared is everybody wants to be seen, heard, and acknowledged. And what we had noticed when we were behind the scenes helping people run their events is, and you know, you may not have the right person positioned in on your team to support your audience so that they actually do feel seen, heard, and acknowledged. It's really important. I just want to share this for because uh, we had a conversation the other day about this with another leader who is looking for event support. And we're like, do you have this right person though? It's not your systems person. It's the person that actually freaking cares. It's the person who goes out of their way to make conversations. The person who checks on somebody just notices and feels when somebody's just not fully present and going out of their way to make sure that they bring that person up. That's the member on your team that needs to be supporting your event. That's the person you want engaging with your audience. That's the person you want ripping the bandit and going first and sharing from the heart, because that is what's going to build a real community for you and encourage other people to do the same. For me, Desiree was that person. Desiree was a person who took the stage when I learned about movement-based events and you were sharing about how you leaned into this pivot and you went on with your cell phone and got yourself $3,000 on your first event and you were a single mom. And I'm like, I'm a single mom. If she can do it. That's right. I can do it. I can do it. It may not look the same, but (laughs) I can do it. It's possible now. So I just want to thank you for you saying yes to yourself, for you saying yes to yourself that day with your children in the car and having the courage to look at something that wasn't even conceivable to you at that time. And then continue following your yes word on those days when it was so hard, so hard. When you probably question, you're like, it's way easier to go back to the old lifestyle. That's a lot of money. You can make a lot of money real Thank you. <laughs> really hard to actually lean into making, um, you know, a, a, a wage 
yeah. differently. It, there's a mindset that goes with that too. I was in entertainment for a long time. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of quick money. It's a different lifestyle. Totally it is a different lifestyle, you know, it is, it is right. So I celebrate you doing that because that took a lot of courage. It took a lot of persistence. It probably took a lot of constant self-reflection and self-checking. Yes. And, uh, well, and what's coming up for me is there's different people that you probably started to hang around or you mm -hmm. had to look at your circles and say like, yes, I don't want to be a part of that anymore. And that's, that's painful too. Cause you're, yes. although your kids may have, you know, not seen them in the same light you were seeing them, they would have mm -hmm. felt that too, right? Like we're moving on from this or whatnot. So that's, uh, yeah, that takes a lot of courage. And so we just uh, applaud your bravery there. Yeah. So oh, who was who was a key instrumental person that helped you kind of step into that? Like who is who is your first mentor? Oh, that definitely you? would be my grandma. Mm -hmm. Um that definitely would would be her. Um so and I come from <clears throat> listen, like real poverty, <laughs> like boiling hot water to take a bath with, like if the gas is off for non-payment, we would literally take pots of water, boil it on the stove and dump it, you know, literally takes 13 pots to take a bath with, <laughs> right? <laughs> like I come from where, you know, you go look and it's like, Hey, there's nothing to eat. You know, I remember, Hey, grandma's nothing to eat in there. She said, well, what's in there? It's just some rice and some, a, a can of beans, a bag of rice and a can of beans. And I would just remember her taking that bag of rice and that can of beans and putting some cornbread with it. And my God, it just tasted like a gourmet dinner. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know until I got older that like we were poor, <laughs> you know, she was right. on the outside, you know, our environment, the neighborhood I grew up in, it was definitely not the best at all. You know, we would go to sleep to gunshots, helicopters, police sirens, if they come, those things, yelling, screaming, fighting, like this is a normal everyday routine yeah. where I'm from. But on the inside, she always made sure we kept it clean. She made sure that we polished the furniture every day, that we washed the glass every day. We just didn't look like what we've been through. Mm -hmm. And so if I got anything from her, and I want to also say this, so this is a woman that as a child, she used to tell me stories of how they would have to put water in a pail to get it from a well and carry it on their neck. Right. Yeah. So when she tells me about making something out of nothing, it's like, that's what I know. Now I know how to be able to make something out of nothing. And for many of us back then, it seemed like a curse, but right now I noticed that it's a gift. And so for many, someone that may be watching today, is your situation ideal? No, I don't think, I think we always want more, more, more. I don't think we ever have any situation that's, that's perfect or that's ideal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what I do want to say is how can you make the best mm -hmm. out of what you have? Yeah. How can you take that rice? How can you take those beans, baby? How can you take that cornbread or whatever it was? So for me, when the pandemic happened, okay, so then I, I get probation. So let me say that, um, how I ended, cause many people say, well, how'd the story end? You know, I, I never <laughs> want to leave that out there. Like, so what happened? You know? So what happened? I began to speak. So I started off with that one speaking engagement at the shade tree. And before I knew it, I had over like 300 letters of people 
doctors, lawyers, police officers, people like, no, you got the wrong girl. I don't know what mistake she made. We need her in the community. Okay. Yeah. Listen, judge, this is not the one you, you want to lock up, right? We need her. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget this uh, judge. She said, I've been on this bench 20 over 25 years. I was appointed by Bill Clinton and I've never seen anyone get as much accomplished as you have in such a short period of time. Right. And so she ended up giving me probation. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why I say that is because I just put one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. And for somebody today, you may not see the big picture. I never saw an international speaker. I never saw award winning. I didn't even have a passport y'all. Okay. (laughs) Definitely did see all that. But what I saw was one more step. One more step, one more person I can help, one more. And for someone today, that just may be your encouragement. Sometimes the picture can be too big, too broad. Let's just put one foot in front of the other. So I I wanted to say that. Oh, that is so good. And just going back to your grandma real quick, and then we're going to play a fun little game. But, um, you know, something was coming up for me when you were saying the story about polishing the, the furniture and wiping the glass every day. It's like steward what you have well steward what's in front of you right and like love the people around you love what's around you right like that when you were talking about that meal i'm like well that tasted good because she made it with love (laughs) 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 she wasn't sad about only having rice she was she was grateful for the rice so so it became delicious and enjoyed eating it with you so i i love that we can often we can look at life through different lenses Yes. I try to teach this to my growing children all the time, as I'm sure you two ladies do as mm-hmm. well. It's like, let's look at what we have, not at what we don't have, right? Yes. They watch YouTube, they see families and bigger houses than ours and all of this stuff. And they want more and they want more and they want more. I'm like, let's look around us, right? Let's yes. look around us. Mm-hmm. And see what we have. That is so good. And, and one last thing I want to add. So this is how I met Charlene. So a pandemic happened and guess what? So now you guys, I'm an award-winning speaker. I've made my dream come true. So I'm, I'm winning. I'm like, yay, all the things. <laughs> and then the pandemic and I lose it all. Right. Yeah. Like, come on, y'all. Like, seriously, you mean so uh, I had a case, almost lose my kids, almost lose my life. I finally get my dream. I find I'm finally winning. Like I'm finally getting paid to speak. I'm finally going worldwide. And guess what? Years later, I lose it all almost instantly with the pandemic. Yeah. But then here's that philosophy. Grandma said, what do you have? What's in that cabinet, Desiree? And so during the pandemic, I had three things. And this is how I met Charlene. I had a cell phone, right? I didn't have a makeup artist. I didn't have eyelashes, wink, wink. And I didn't have none of the things. Okay, it was no cute nails popping, nothing. <laughs> I had a cell phone so I could communicate with people. I would just go live. And then people will say, how are you doing this? How are you getting so many views? How are you getting so much engagement? And I'm like, oh, this sounds like a revenue. This sounds like a course, right? <laughs> yeah. This sounds like something. So the second thing, okay, Desiree, how am I going to take payments? I didn't know anything about a fancy, fancy funnel. I didn't know all of the things. <laughs> I went and got a PayPal link, right? Mm-hmm. So the cell phone, that's my rice. <laughs> the PayPal yes. link. There's my beans. Okay. And then the third thing I said, Desiree, where are you going to house people? So I got a Facebook group. There's my cornbread. 
Mm -hmm. Right. So then I was able to reinvent myself. And who would have thought from those three things, a cell phone, a PayPal link and a Facebook group would turn into a six figure business within one year. Use what you have. I call it SUDS, S-U-D. If you guys can write it down, S, start where you are. The U, use what you have. And D, do what you can. Okay, Noel, thank you. I love that. <laughs> I knew you Actually, know. before we move on to the game, how can people connect with you? Do you want to oh. do you want them to come join your group? Do you want to send them to your website? Let us know. Yes, I know. So um, yeah, so I'm Desiree King, you guys, um, at Desiree Inspires on uh, basically all platforms, um, either Desiree King or at Desiree Inspires on all platforms. Uh, definitely just uh, shoot me a DM. And uh, let me know that you were on the revolutionary show and I will definitely give you a free gift. I'll give you something really, really nice that'll help you uh, go forward in your personal and professional career. <laughs> That's, That's so awesome. Generous. Thank you. So much yeah. fun. You. So we finished this show with um, a round of rapid fire questions. Are you ready? <laughs> no <Okay>. pressure. <laughs> All right, right. No pressure. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, chocolate or vanilla? Mm, I'm already chocolate, baby. So I say vanilla. <laughs> if you were a DJ, what would your DJ name be? If I were a DJ, my DJ name would be Sexy Chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where to spell it. Yes. I think I'm hungry, okay? <laughs> Oh, my best grandma expression. <laughs> Your grandma's best expression. Oh, my goodness. Or like quote, you mean? Yeah. Like yeah. Oh, my goodness. Girl, she has so many of them. I know. Oh, I want to know the best one. <laughs> oh, man. I Oh, man. That, that's a good one. I, I don't think I could give you a, a best one. It was it was so many of them. It was, a, you know, um, ain't that the pot calling the kettle black? So in other words, don't you do one thing, but tell somebody something else. Yeah. There was uh, eat the meat and spit out the bones. So in other words, take what apply to you and what don't apply to you. You better leave that thing. Oh, I like oh, that one. Goodness. Oh, it was so many. Oh, girl, I could just go on and on. Ooh, that's a hard that's question. What, that's <laughs> why they have to follow you because you guys, you need, right. you need to hear the grandma stories. I'm telling <laughs> you, they best. come up often and they are always super fun. So go, go <laughs> check her out. <laughs> What's the perfect vacation spot? Jamaica. I love yeah. Jamaica. Yes, I just love it. I go, the hospitality, I, I literally go like two, three times a year. <laughs> That's awesome. I've never That's been, it. actually. Me neither. What? Oh, yeah. yes. You must go, no worries, man. Everything, everything, <laughs> the man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I love it. Um, what is the best advice you've ever received? What is the best advice I've ever received. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to say something that I live by is Jeremiah 29 and 11, Mm -hmm. right? So Jeremiah 29 and 11, to me, it has the heart of God. And he says, I know the purpose and the plan that I have for you. So in other words, guess what, Charlene, guess what, Noel, guess what, everyone's listening. There is a purpose 
and there is a plan. But then he says that purpose in that plan, it is to prosper you and not harm you. So a lot of times we go through these trials, we go through these tribulations and we think they come to destroy us. Just like God told me in that jail cell, he said, I'm not trying to take nothing from you in that jail cell. He said, I'm trying to get something to you. Why? Because my purpose is to prosper you and not to harm you. So no matter what you're going through today, I just want you to remember that all of these things are going to work together for your good. Oh man, that is so good. So good. good. Um, Do you have any hidden talents? (laughs) (laughs) You like to watch this show? Listen, baby. (laughs) That's a good show. Okay. Keep it G. Keep it G. (laughs) Oh, a hidden talent. Well, I believe it or not, I used to rap. Yeah. Yes, I did. I was almost scared to say that because I'm. I'm hoping you know rap won't come next but yeah (laughs) but yes I used to rap in my younger days that's actually what got me through as a teenager you know watching a lot of my friends die get murdered uh rapping got me through it so yeah that was a hidden it's definitely an art and and allows you to use your voice and allows you to express right so that doesn't surprise me at all it's really poetry um yeah What's the next big thing for you, Des? What's going on? The next big thing. Hmm. The next thing is my first in-person three-day event, right? Yeah. So for the last three years, I've done over a thousand speaking engagements. Wow. Right. Right? Over a thousand speaking engagements, which is like insanity. But that was me. I... But it, it wasn't until Barry, this last event, and excuse my French, she says, I don't want to see you on anyone else's stage. You're too, too dang on good, Desiree. Why won't you host your own event? And I'm like, wow. Now, this is a woman that does Tony Robbins events, you know, Dean Graziosi. We're talking the biggest names in the industry. And for her to tell you, I, I don't want to see you on nobody else's stage. You hear me? So uh, it just reminded me of my grandma. You hear me? I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I think this is a perfect way to wrap it up to you guys. It just brings it back to the beginning when she's spoken to in that cell. And now she gets like to, to be given that kind of a gift from somebody who speaks to the people who are delivering serious inspiration every day to millions and millions of people saying that's where you belong. Mm -hmm. And you know what, you guys, I don't know what the calling is on your life, but it's your turn. It's your time. And if you haven't stepped up into it yet, you need to get into Desiree's world and let her help you get there. My friends, remember we're stronger together. We go further, faster, light up this world and become revolutionary. Take care friends. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Des for joining us. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Become Revolutionary Show. If you're enjoying what you've heard, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Become Revolutionary Show.